Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. We're just three gals like to sit around and talk about true crime. And I would be remiss if I didn't talk about how incredibly grateful I am for everyone that has listened to us so far yes. and has given us really good feedback so yes. far. Yes. Um, we've just been like so surprised at the amount of like people that we see watching our listening to our episodes every week it's been crazy yeah so thank you guys so much and thank you um, welcome also, new friends yes new friends new friends and then what also helps us out is to make sure that you uh leave a little review for us or whatever you're listening on whatever um whatever podcast format stuff you're listening on uh there's probably a way to review us if it's on apple Podcasts, give us five stars correct five stars. and then uh yeah any type where you can give any sort of feedback we'd be so, ever so grateful ever so grateful Grateful. So yeah, is uh, that was not planned, and that took me by surprise. Oh, you guys yes. are incredible. <laughs> you guys should have a and, podcast. Oh yeah, we should. Oh wait. <laughs> but yeah, yes. I just wanted to make sure I said thank you to everybody that's been listening. It's so cool. Thank yes, you. thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so now before I get into this one that I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you the reason why I've decided to cover this particular case today for this session. Um, so this person just recently died, and the way that I found out about it is both of my parents messaged me about it on separate occasions. So my dad sends me a lot of people to look up. He's also super into murder and true crime. He's very obsessed, which is probably why I grew up super obsessed, just not realizing it. Um, he texted me that this person had died and gave me some detail. The next day, my mom sent me the article, no explanation, just sent me the article. And now it's important to note for you listeners out there, my parents are divorced and don't talk to each other. So it was very funny that they both separately texted me about the same person. <laughs> and they're in separate states and everything. So they just knew that I'd be super interested in it. So with all that out of the way, let's go. Ladies and listeners, have you heard of Rodney James Alcala? I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I was like, are we going to, can I tell, can I say who just died? Who just died? Yep. He's the, the dating, dating game killer. killer. What? Yeah, like, you know who it was. Yeah, so he just died this year. It was on July 24th, so just last month. Literally last month. And of natural causes. He was still awaiting his execution. But let's travel back and talk about the serial killer who could have possibly killed over 130 people. <laughs> Shall we? Oh, Coffee cups so. full? Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all, mm. let's talk about some murder. Okay. Time, the ultimate execution. <laughs> Time. Yes. Yes. So, Rodney James Alcala was born on August 23rd, 1943. He was born in San Antonio, Texas, and was named Rodrigo Jacquiz Al Alcala Bucor, which I probably totally butchered, Buc and I apologize. Cool. But it's okay. He but sucks. Yeah, he, he killed people. Oh my god, him. he super sucks, but just wait. So, his parents were Raul and Anna Marie. He also had three sisters. 
Uh, his father left the family when they were all pretty young, so Anna Maria raised them all by herself in the City of Angels, Los Angeles, California. Please tell me his sisters were named the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. <laughs> I don't actually know the sister's name. So, so, so that's, yeah, then that's it. Yeah. For this story purpose. Those are their names. Yeah. Those are their names. So that's their names. Uh, so like so many others, Rodney joined the army in 1960 when he was 17. He was a clerk, and after he had a nervous breakdown in 1964, he was diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder by one of the military uh, psychiatrists, and he was discharged on medical grounds. He then decided it was time for a change, so he attended UCLA School of Fine Arts. Oh. And after that, he went to New York University. Only now, he went by the name of John Berger. B-E-R-G-E-R. Now that's important for later. Uh, he studied film under Roman Polanski, Polanski, the director of The Pianist, The Ninth Gate, mm. Johnny Depp, uh, Chinatown, Rosemary's Baby, and all those fun things. Mm -hmm. uh, yet... This man became a convicted rapist and serial killer. He was known to toy with his victims and photograph them. So, great. Mm. Uh, in the early stages of his metamorphosis into becoming a serial killer, he started with small things. The first crime he committed that was known was in 1968. He was con uh, convincing an eight-year-old girl to come to his apartment in Hollywood, and a motorist happened to spot the interaction. That motorist called the police, but unfortunately, the girl, named Tali Shapiro, was found raped and beaten with a steel bar, and Rodney had escaped. Oh. Kids aren't sexy. I'm no. sick and tired of that no, shit. No. Like, they're just not... <laughs> Tired of no, shit. no. Brenda's um, literally living. I'm so like, mad. Well, hold on. I was gonna look up real quick. Didn't Roman Polanski rape a bunch Did of he? people? Yeah. Oh, I, I think, didn't know I think that. he's doing a Roman Polanski. I'm pretty sure he um, like is living in another country because he's trying to not get uh, not get extradited to the United States because he like raped so many what? people. Oh. My God. Yeah, he's a fugitive from the U.S. criminal justice system. He fled the country in 1978 while, while waiting sentencing for unlawful intercourse with a minor. Yeah, he's a monster. Oh, he's a fucking oh. absolute oh monster. This makes so much you sense. You know what? I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell our friend Dee Dee West at Broken Limelight that she has to do an episode oh, on that. Yes. yes. Yeah. If you guys are into celebrity true crime, yeah, uh, please check out our friend over at Broken Limelight. She does some great stories. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, director Roman Polanski is known for his films, the charges against him of statutory rape, and for his wife's murder by <gasps> followers of Charles Manson. Oh my God! So, Dee Dee, Dee Dee, girl, yeah, do this one. Yeah, he's a he's an absolute monster. I'm literally writing a note. To absolute monster. Yeah. monster. Yeah. Oh wow. So just just a heads. Wow. Well, perfect. The mentor yeah. and the mentee are very. You're seeing all those movies. I was like, Rosemary's Baby. That guy raped a bunch of people. Wait a minute. People. He raped people. <laughs> yeah. He did, and so did. Rodney. So, back to Rodney. Mm -hmm. He okay. escaped. Uh, that's when he, oh, I did it over. That's when he moved to New York, and we talked about him, the other rapist. So, uh, he was... <laughs> the other one. The other one. Uh, so, yeah, that was when he moved to New York, was after he escaped the, uh, from the Tali Shapiro um, incident. That's when he started going to film school. Um, also, probably why he started going by John Berger, B-E-R-G-E-R. -E uh, during the summer, though, he got a job at an art camp, for children mm. as a counselor and went by yet another name, John Berger, but this time B-U-R-G-E-R, <laughs> so just slightly different. Wow, that's like, uh, that's like, you know, that Clark Kent guy looks a lot like Superman, but he's got glasses. It's yeah, not, it's, it's definitely, definitely not, not him. Or, or even, uh, what, Ted Bundy going, no, it's the other Ted. 
the other test. And they're yeah, like, oh, so sorry. sorry. Sorry, oh, you're right. Sorry. This other test. Excuse me. Oh, there was like a thing. Uh, it's, no, I'm going to talk about Ted Bundy for a second. Uh, there was like a, a, a tree. And on the tree, it was carved in Ted Bundy was here or something stupid like that. And like they found it. And they're like, oh, Ted was here at this time. And Ted's like, that's a different Ted Bundy. It wasn't me because the cops clearly know I wasn't there at that time. <laughs> so, I mean, there very well could be someone carved in Ted Bundy. But it's just funny. And he's like, that's not me. I didn't do that. It's not me. It's B. I'm, I'm burger with a U. You're looking for burger <laughs> yeah. with a E. I might have raped and murdered those girls, but I did not defile a, a tree. tree. Yeah. <laughs> Ted okay. Bundy's never Bundy. heard a tree. Never. Uh, anyways, back to Rodney. Ted Bundy's later. Uh, he So Rodney was wanted by the FBI at this time because of his crime against Tolly. And one day in 1971, two campers saw the FBI poster. It was in a post office. They told the camp directors, and he was arrested, baby! Yeah. Yeah, he was extradited back to the good old Cali. However, Tolly's parents had relocated to Mexico. So they refused to let her come back and testify at trial. So they were unable to convict him of rape and attempted murder, and the prosecutors had no other choice but to permit a plea of guilty to a lesser charge. They just didn't have enough evidence or things, and especially without their primary witness, they couldn't do anything. Right, but they just wanted to get him on something, yeah. so he had a criminal record. Yeah, yeah, so he got on something. And as luck would have it, in 1974, he was paroled after 34 months. It was under the uh, indeterminate law sentencing, which means that it is a sentence imposed for a crime that isn't given a definite duration. So the prison term does not state a specific period of time or release date, but just a range of time. So, for example, something like five to ten years. Mm. Uh, this program was super popular at the time. Uh, the principle behind it was that uh, if, while in prison, the prisoner rehabilitated and became better, uh, then they could and they could show that progress, they would get paroled sooner, um, with like the minimum term. Uh, so uh, that was thanks to uslegal.com and Cornell Law for that info, because I don't know a lot about law. <laughs> I had to look that up, but I'm probably saying it wrong. So because of this sentence law, uh, as soon as he started showing signs of rehabilitation, they were like, okay, great, you can go now. Uh, then, less than two months later, Rodney was arrested. Surprise! He violated parole and was given, he was giving marijuana to a 13-year-old girl. <laughs> and she also claimed that he had kidnapped her. <gasps> yeah. Oh, what a big yeah. stupid. What a big stupid. Uh, so he went back to jail, but only for two years. He was yet again paroled because of the Yeah, but like, law. isn't kidnapping... Well, there was now, no, it's a life sentence, isn't it? Well, there was no proof. She just said he also... There was no, like, uh, evidence man. backing okay. up the fact that he kidnapped her. She claimed that she okay, was kidnapped by her. By him. Um, but a criminal record and official uh, registration as a tax offender does not stop Rodney. He started working for the Los Angeles Times as a typesetter. So he worked with, like, the text at the paper, basically. Uh, this was in 1977, and it was during all the craziness that was the Hillside Strangler Murders. Ooh. Yeah, that one's coming, too, because it's uh, the second time I've brought that one up, because uh, Richard Chase also loved those guys. Good old Richard Chase, vampire. Uh, so <laughs> vampire. Vampire. So at this point, Rodney has picked up a new hobby, photography, and he somehow convinces dozens of ladies that he's a professional, and he got them to pose for his portfolio. Most of these photos are still unidentified, and the women are missing. Ah! Right. There is a major concern that some of these women might be additional victims. Um, I actually have a link to a recent article from the ABC News that has photographs and who you can contact if you have any information on these women. Uh, it's the Huntington Beach Police Department. The article said to contact Sam Shepard, which made me laugh because we also just did Sam <laughs> right? Shepard. I was Definitely like, wait. Sam Shepard. 
The other okay. one. Is it and not Sam Elliott. No, not, not Sam, Sam Elliott. Or, okay. or the playwright. Yeah. Or the playwright. Or no. Sam Shepard. This is spelled right. differently. Shepard. Uh, totally different. Sam Shepard. <laughs> and this is at 714-536-5947. And again, all this information is in the article that will be shared with our show notes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ladies and listeners. It is time to move into the murder and trial of Robin Samso. Take a moment to top off your coffee because this is a tough one. Okay. Don't drink out of my jar. Drink out of my jar. Jar coffee. Today we'd like to thank Dutch Brothers. Dutch Brothers for our coffee. <laughs> Thanks. They don't pay us to say that. They do not. But they could. But we pay them. Yeah, yeah that's true. How would, how would you say that? Indeterminate. Indeterminate, Indeterminate sentence law. Yeah. That's yeah, what I was forever. meaning earlier. Meaning forever. <laughs> I, I was like, read. oh no, reading. Oh no, reading it's is hard. <laughs> Undetermined. I'm like, oh god. Indeterminate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeterminate. We're all friends here. We're all friends. Yeah, who needs like, no judgment? I constantly zone. mispronounce things. You know how many times I, I didn't <laughs> understand the vehemently? Ve- vehemently? Ve- I used vehemently? to say vehemently, and then people would look at me weird, but it's it's less of a he. Is the stress is not on the he. It's not? No, I know. I got corrected oh, a couple vehemently? times. Yes. Vehemently. Gross. I know. I was like <laughs> vehemently, and I think people looked at me, and I was like, I just, I've only read that because word. Because it makes know. you want a he when you say it. Yeah. Ah, he. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah. Words are hard, guys. Yeah. Words are fun. I love reading, but word is, words are hard. Words are hard. Uh, They're all okay. made up. Anyway. <laughs> They're all made up. Okay, so if you haven't caught on yet, this case deals with children a lot. So trigger warning here. Uh, Robin uh, Samso was only 12 years old. Uh, there will be no detail of the murder, but it still might be hard for listeners to listen to any sort of detail, so I wanted to make sure I gave a heads up. So Robin was a 12-year-old girl from Huntington Beach, California, and on July, or July, on June 20th, 1979, she went missing. She'd been somewhere between the beach and her ballet class. Her friends did tell the police that they had a stranger approach them and ask to take their photo on the beach. There were sketches done of this photographer, and after 12 days of searching, her decomposed body was found in the foothills of Los Angeles. Rodney's parole officer saw the sketch of the photographer and recognized it to be Rodney. Oh my God. Right? Uh, The police did end up doing a search of Rodney's mother's home in Seattle, and they found a receipt for a locker. Now, in this locker, they ended up finding her earrings, and um, the locker was rented by Rodney. So these earrings now play a role in the trial that's to come, because it's now evidence this girl's earrings were found in a locker rented by you. This receipt proves that this was your locker. In Seattle? In Seattle. Damn. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Robin's mother testifies at his trial and talks about these gold ball earrings, that were found and that they were her daughters. A year later, in 1980, Rodney was tried, convicted, and sentenced to death for Robin's murder. Good. Mm-hmm. But Damn. his conviction was overturned. Damn. The what? California Supreme Court shut it down because the Orange County Superior Court trial judge had allowed the jury to hear about everything that happened with Tali Shapiro and Rodney's other rape and kidnapping conviction. It was done in a way that would have possibly influenced them before they could properly hear the trial and all of its components. Wait, but like that doesn't file under like character. I was literally gonna say yeah. that. Don't don't they have to know about his past and, and exactly his character? No, they said no. They were like, you can't do that. That's not that's not a fair a fair court hearing for them. One crime at a time. Yeah, and um, these things. Remember, this is uh, 1980, so things do change as as law progresses. Okay. Um. It's very frustrating, but Damn. strike one. There's a second conviction in 1986. So aim, bada 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 aim, bada bada bada. So he so is wing. yet again. So wing. 
Will it be a swing and a miss? Let's find out. He is yet again tried, convicted, and sentenced to death. But this time, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals panel overthrew it. And it was because a witness was not allowed to support Rodney's comments about how the park ranger who found Robin was hypnotized by the police investigation. What? Yeah, so I guess denying a witness, no matter what they wanted to talk about, is not courtroom etiquette. So it was a witness for his side of the argument, and he that witness was denied the being able to speak in the court. So because of that, the Ninth Circuit was like, you can't do that. They should have been able to speak. Denied. So, mm. strike two. Mm. Uh, the third trial. Now we've arrived at 2003. While the prosecution was getting their ducks in a row for this third trial, Orange County investigators learned some more fun things about Rodney. So his DNA was sampled under a new state law that gave Rodney no choice in the matter. They were able to use the sample and matched his DNA to semen left at uh, the rape murder scenes of two women in Los Angeles. And another pair of earrings were found in Rodney's storage locker. And it matched DNA of one of these women. Boom. Science. Damn, what an idiot. Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's not a cocky, man. They need yeah. trophies. A yeah. lot of killers mm -hmm. do that. That's such a weird flaw in, in in their psyche, in their thing, because it's like, right. well, clearly you don't want to get away with it for too long. I guess that's it, right? Because, like, if you keep something, that, <laughs> well, and it's the, so they can remember going back to it. Yeah, mm -hmm. and they get and that over. instant gratification. Yeah, yeah. I, mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. Also, also maybe like, he just looked real good in those earrings. <laughs> if the earrings I would like, rather oh. that. If he's mm. like, hmm, I really want those earrings. Mm, earrings, hmm. All right, and even more started to come to light. There was another cold case DNA match in 2004, which led to four additional murder victims. Rodney's DNA matched the murders of Jill Barracombe, who was 18. She was killed in 1977 and was actually thought to be a victim of the Hillside Strangler originally. Mm. There was Georgia Wickstead, 27. She was brutally, brutally attacked in her Malibu apartment, also in 1977. There's Charlotte Lamb, who was 31, raped and strangled in El Segundo in 1978. And Jill uh, Parentu. 21, she was murdered in her Burbank apartment in 1979. <laughs> I did try to practice all these names prior to recording, but I'm pretty sure I messed them up. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the prosecutors motioned to have Robin's case join these four newly discovered victims. Rodney, of course, was opposed to this. Big surprise there. Uh, but the California Supreme Court did rule in favor of the prosecution in 2006. Uh, it takes a little time, but we got there. So she also got included. So in 2009, Rodney was to stand trial again. So at this third trial, Rodney decided that this time around, he was going to do what most and so many serial killers have done, is represent himself in court. Yay. Why? Why has that ever worked out for anyone? Never I love worked. ever. Whenever that happens, it makes me so happy because then I'm like, ah, oh, they're going to jail. They're like, like, oh, right. Oh, oh, they're going to jail. They're going to get what they deserve. That's oh, awesome. yes. Good. <laughs> no, so good. Uh, please, if you murder someone, please represent yourself it's such a yeah, good idea yeah. i mean real men represent themselves <laughs> yeah. in court yeah oh no uh, so he acted as his own attorney he told the jury in a very monotone ramble that he was at knott's berry farm when robin was kidnapped he had nothing to say about the other victims though didn't even try to deny any of the non-minors um so the real kicker though was that <laughs> He, during his closing argument, do you guys know what he did? 
Have you heard what he did in his closing argument? Cry? Mm-hmm. No. He played the song Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie, <laughs> but not the whole song, just the part where the protagonist tells the psychiatrist he wants to kill. You can get anything you want at Alice's Restaurant. It's a folk singer. That's, I know this music. I don't know the song. And, oh. like, we can't pay for the rights, so, Brenda, can you sing it? Brenna, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a folk song version of, um, of Piano Man, where it's just a guy singing about things happening at Alice's Restaurant. And it's, oh, okay. It's the same guy that came up with the song, uh, I don't want a pickle. I just want to ride on my motorcycle. Okay. Cool. cool. Okay. <laughs> oh. Cool. Wait. Oh, that one I know. That one I know. Yeah. I don't know either. Okay, yeah. It's around. Like... They're in your, they're in, because there was a parent, like, oh, our parents are like, of our parents' age, like, listen to that kind of music around. It was around. Okay. I'll link yeah. it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, we'll link okay. that in the show notes. <laughs> our logo three, baby. Okay. Uh, what so, an idiot. I know, I know. He did such a good job that he was convicted of all five accounts. Well. Well, uh, I told you this time it would be different. <laughs> yeah, but guys, guys, there was a surprise witness during the penalty phase of the trial. Any guesses who showed up? Is it Arlo Guthrie who sang? <laughs> oh my god, this is just true. No. He came in and started singing. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, then I don't even care. <laughs> it was Tali Shapiro. <gasps> yeah, his first known rape victim. She was now 53 years old at the time of the third trial and she showed up and testified. Fuck yeah, good yes. for her. Yeah. So, on March 30th, 2010, he was sentenced to death for the third time. Now, in addition to all of this, there are a few other trials he attended. In 2011, in New York State, he was indicted by a Manhattan grand jury for the murders of Coralia Crilly, a TWA flight attendant, and Ellen Hoover, the Shiro's heiress, in 1971 and 1977. Uh, In June 2012, he was extradited to New York, where he said, not guilty, to both counts, then in December 2012, he changed both pleas to, I'm just kidding, I'm guilty. Uh, he said he wanted to return to Cali to pursue appeals for his death penalty conviction. So, on January 17th, 2012, he was sentenced to an additional 25 years to life. New York State uh, has not had the death penalty since 2007, so there was no death penalty for that, just 25 years to life. Then in Seattle, Washington, in 2010, Rodney became a person of interest in the July 1977 unsolved murder of Antoinette Whitaker. She was 13, and the February 1978 murder of Joyce Gaunt. Gaunt? Uh, since there was no, there, uh, since there was jewelry found in his Seattle locker that linked him to the additional California victims, there was hope that these would also link. Um, there were other cold cases that were reopened in hopes that maybe Rodney was the missing piece. And in San Francisco in March 2011, investigators were confident that Rodney would link to the 1977 murder of another victim named Penella Jean Lampson, who was 19, and she had disappeared after leaving the Fisherman's Wharf to meet someone to take pictures of her. Mm. She was found naked and beaten to death near a hiking trail in the Marin County. Um, There was no DNA or fingerprints found, however, and then lastly, as the last one, in Wyoming in September 2016, Rodney was charged with more murder. He was charged for the murder of Christine Ruth Thornton, who was 28 years old, and she disappeared back in 1977. And a relative of hers had recognized a photo of Christine when the police released all of these photos that they found of Rodney's. So a lot of the police department would make it public record. You could go on there and look at all the photos of these women that haven't been identified, and that's how the relative found her photo. Mm. Right. Um, 
So, but she, uh, in 1982, her body was found in Sweetwater County, Wyoming. She was not identified, however, until 2015. And it wasn't until her family was able to give DNA to prove that it was her. Uh, mm. There was finally a match made with the tissue samples um, from her remains. Rodney did admit to taking photos of Christine, but he completely denied killing her. She was also six months pregnant at the time. Yeah. Did he get Did he get a charge for the baby as well? No. Mm. So when Some it, states will do that. That is that true? Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's another dead thing. <laughs> when it came time to bring this all to the trial, Rodney was seventy three years old, and he was reportedly not in any condition to travel or stand a new trial. He was very ill, and he stayed very ill until his passing, which was last month. So. After all of this, you must be asking yourself, but Nicole, why is he the dating game killer? None of this had anything to do with the dating game or any games involved in dating. Well, in 1978, Rodney was a contestant on The Dating Game. He was introduced as a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the dark room at the age of 13, fully developed between takes you might find him skydiving or motor cycling. <laughs> so much of this statement made me laugh. Also, thank you for the music. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Music by Amanda. Thanks. Actually, uh, that's, a, that's a theme song to something else. I don't know what it was, but it came to my head. I accept it. Yeah, it'll work. Um, we, like, his father gets mentioned, but, like, his father abandoned him when he was a child, so why did they even mention his father? Uh, I should get it. Uh, and he caught you in a dark room fully developed. It just sounds awful. Like, the whole intro just sounds bad. Wow. Uh, I mean, he was successful at murdering. Yeah. That's like, because they said successful photographer. Yeah, so successful I'm sure they meant, like, he was successful at something. Wait, something. where does this fit in on the timeline of him murdering people? So this was in 1978. So he had murdered, because 1977 is when a lot of the murders happened. But they just hadn't, they didn't catch him. No, he'd gotten off on stuff already at this point. Like, remember, he's like, so things he, are getting I'm overturned. Like, do, I mean, do they even check criminal records? 70s, baby, 70s summer babies. love. I mean, oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah. they don't have readily computers no. next to them. Okay. You could just go to the next county and go by a different name and people will be like, us, oh, you. Like, you're yeah. right. And we've <laughs> already gotten, yeah, so, burger, yeah. burger, burger. Right. Yeah. You know, by so many names already. Um, another dude on the show said that Rodney was a very strange guy with bizarre opinions. Rodney did, however, win the game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he won a date with The Bachelor, Cheryl Bradshaw, but she refused to go out with him. She reportedly found him creepy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the part I did know about this case. Good for her. Yeah, like, she was like, oh, no. Yeah. Red flag, should have known. You look yeah. creepy. You're a little creepy. Good for her. Um, there was a criminal profiler named Pat Brown who said that Rodney had at least killed three people after his star moment on the dating game. Rejection may have been an escalating trigger. Uh, so I have these cards, these serial killer cards. They're like playing cards and they give information about serial killers. Like who's alive? Who's dead? How many people have murdered? Blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. And go fish. (laughs) And the dating game killer is one of the cards, but it says alive. So the other day I wrote dead. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Now. That's funny. Like, um, excuse me. Yeah, you gotta I'm write so to the sorry. company. You are yeah. dead. You die twice. The and first like, time that when good. you die, and the <laughs> second time when the, your name said for the last time, yeah. no one remembers you. But like he he'll, he'll be remembered. He will be <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> but he won't be a fucking playing card. Yeah, bitch. yeah. Well, an alive playing card. Right. He'll yeah. be a playing card. It'll just say dead in the pawn of Deadzo. Play it in the game of life. Yeah. Burp, 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 burp. 
<laughs> there has been an announcement that Netflix is releasing a new movie called Rodney and Cheryl, which will star Anna Kendrick as Cheryl with an SH, who is based off of Cheryl with a CH, Bradshaw. I love her. I love Anna Kendrick. I actually just finished reading her book, Scrappy Little Nobody, and it was great. Uh, so I included I included the announcement link um, of the possible new movie. The release date hasn't been announced yet. Uh, so when I was looking at it, it was just like, this is coming. And there's like pictures and stuff. So, ladies and listeners, that is the case of Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer. <laughs> Any final sips? Uh, <laughs> I, uh... Yeah, I think my final sip for this would be to trust your gut, because mm-hmm. that girl was right. If something feels weird, don't like don't put yourself in that situation. And like, we've all been on gigs where we're like, is this gonna be? Am I gonna get murdered? Like, you should safety in numbers. Like, if you're gonna go, because he was a photographer, right? So that's yeah. what I'm getting at. Like. Mm-hmm. If you go to a, uh, do a photo shoot or you're going to a gig or something, like, you're allowed to bring someone with you. Don't let them tell you that you can't. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody where you're mm-hmm. going. Drop pins. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Even if they're a perfectly wonderful person, better to be safe. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point. My point, uh, my, my final sip is um, if you ever find yourself back in the 1970s, um, Time travel. You can absolutely just go be someone else if you just change your name and move like a county over. Yeah. So you can totally reinvent yourself. You be somebody new. You can, you can um just you can do a terrible thing and then t- move across the country and change your name and produce a show and um you can <laughs> you can do anything you can do anything you want to do. Uh, that's my final that one. That one took me a second. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. We broke Nicole. (laughs) You broke me. Yeah. It's because you can do anything you need. I'm crying. Just change (laughs) change your name, move across the country. Who cares? (laughs) Oh, my stomach. (laughs) Oh, my God. What's your final (laughs) thing? Nicole. (laughs) Now that it's... Now that I'm crying. Oh, my God. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, my final sip was similar to Amanda's, um, about the photography stuff. I literally, every time I go on a gig or I do something, I text someone where I'm going, and I go, in theory, we'll finish it this time, and if I don't, I might be dead. <laughs> uh, it's one or the other. It's one or the other. Yeah, it's it's either one or the other. Bane or Boone. It's yeah. either. It's all, it's all fine. Well, if that's that. your final sip, then, then I can thank everybody for joining yes. us while you're <laughs> squeaking yeah. it out. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Morning Murders. We love hearing from you. Have a murder you like to talk about over coffee? We would love to hear about it. Email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. In today's show notes, you can find our cited research as well as a few of our favorite mental health resources. I can't, but that's actually one of them. I think that is dating game, to be honest with you. It might be. The, if it is...
Or is it the, the newlywed best. game? Oh, maybe it's the newlywed game. Can I, like, Shazam it? Same thing. Is that a thing? Because uh, I know exactly... Or just... If we just find that online, it'll be... It's either... It's gonna bug me now. Hold on, Get wait for it. it. Did I do it? I don't know, it's the three... Oh, um, close, close, close. Guys, you want to hear how fucking nerdy I am? You know how everyone had, like, you know, CDs as a child, like, actual CDs. Yeah. Uh, I had a lot of soundtracks, a lot of, like, stuff like that. And then I had one that was all the Game Show Network theme songs, because oh, I was yeah. super into, like, old ones, like Card Sharks and that kind of shit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's whatever I'm singing is off of that soundtrack. Yes. But it's, it's like an old, it's like. Uh, is it the match game? Oh, it's match game. Yeah, I think that's it's it. It's match game. Is that why we keep knowing it from RuPaul? Oh. Because uh, it's snatch game. Yeah, they might play that. No, that's no. not. That's different. Go into the Google app, sing it. No! <laughs> what did it it's say? It's like all Spanish songs. Oh. Game show has the theme song. <laughs> it could work! It could work! It could work! probably like a made-up one that like oh it's, it's probably off of like family guy or something and oh. then i'm like remembering no. it it's we're spending too, too much time on you could be combining two I'm, no it's I'm a thinking, definite i'm thinking it's a because i have a feeling that um we the three of us are probably from the dimension where there was a sinbad movie called shazam <laughs> Um, or the, and the Berenstain Bears are the Berenstain Bears. Berenstain oh, Bears. Yeah. So, I feel like we're from that dimension, and in that dimension, that's, that yeah. Mandela, Mandela effect. Mandela. Mandela? Yeah. Mandela. I like to, sometimes when stuff, when I, like, forget something, or if I, if I talk about something and everyone's like, what? I'm like, oh, it's because I'm from that other, I'm from that other timeline, sorry. I'm, <laughs> my bad, my bad. My bad, my bad, my bad. These people whistled and everything. I'm about to call my parents. What is this? <laughs> I'm about to call. Okay, let me try this. Okay, let me find. Is it the pyramid? You gonna do it? <laughs> it just was like, no. No. Denied. But it's real. Okay. I'll pull it. It's my... real. Someone knows it out there. It's. It's. I'm just gonna see it. Around if any of you who've listened to this blooper reel know it's what just like, it's from. definitely it's definitely something carpeted, right? Like the set is carpeted. I can feel it. What's the one with no whammies? Are we like are we Mario. really gonna okay? Are we gonna spend any more time on this, or should we move on? We can move on. Cause I'm we like, do on. I call my mom or do we move on? <laughs>